Gucci. Chrissy Yamaguchi, indeed. Everyone, welcome to Respawn Fire. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to Respawn Fire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast brought to you by affable idiots. I am one of your co-hosts, Chad, killing me softly with his thong, and I mean flip-flops, Ennis. Like, what is my last name? Ennis. <laughs> You're right. A flip flop is like a toe thong. I never thought of it That's that what way. They call, they call them totally tongs is. in Australia. Do they really? They really do. Yeah. Also, true story. When I was reading the Lord of the Rings: The Fellowship of the Ring uh, by Jonathan Rayler Ramis Tolkien, um, I he he talked about the Balrog and having a thong. He called it a thong, the little whip that he has. And I was like, <laughs> that demon has a thong on. That's hilarious. I'm eleven. <laughs> <laughs> we also have our other co-hosts here Holden Carry on my wayward son Inaba <laughs> Depardo Christopher Adams Comma <laughs> Bitch <laughs> <laughs> Say something so people know what you sound like And can associate your name with your voice mm. He sounds just like a teddy bear That voice box has gone <laughs> I love you. You must pull my string for all responses. Oh, you're not allowed to say that on Twitch. Hey, everyone, we've got a lot to talk about today. <laughs> you can watch us live right now on twitch.tv slash affableidiots at 8.30 p.m. Most nights, Eastern Time. And by most nights, I mean most Sunday nights. And you can also <laughs> yeah, most watch nights. us. Run most nights. <laughs> you can watch us and listen to us. Tuesday mornings, 9 a.m. We've got a ton of video game shit to talk about, and by that I mean literally video game shit, because it's mostly about Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're going to get to that in just a moment. Uh, we have other things coming up in our episode today as well, like uh, some Super Mario and Nintendo World shit that's going to be so good to talk about. Control, EA, they now, they apparently, according to our note, have outbit Take-Two. They've bitten off a bigger chunk of Codemasters than Take-Two did. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get to all of that soon, but let's start by talking about CD Projekt Red and the shit they've gotten themselves into with Cyberpunk 2077. I want to go through this, all of these news stories, how they unfold. I'm going to read through them, but I want to catch people up if you didn't listen to last week's episode. Last week's episode... Or been under a rock. Or have been under a rock. For the best. If you didn't listen to last week's episode, Holden has the game. He's been playing it. He's noticed a lot of crashes. Not a ton of, like, glitches, necessarily. The game launched... I'm on PS5, though, which is right. worth mentioning. He's on PS5. Uh, the game launched. We were both really upset that they purposely hid these issues from the public. We agreed that probably the best solution would be to maybe just release the PC version and delay the consoles until they're ready. That's where we stood last week. Since then, a whole fucking pit of heresy has opened up. That's a place in Destiny on the moon where the hive are. It's, it's not somewhere you want to be. All of that has opened up. Let's take you through what's happened this week, and then we'll give you our commentary. First, from gamesindustry.biz, and James Batchelor says, CD Projekt Red apologizes for not showing last-gen Cyberpunk 2077 offer refunds. So they, they actually did have a statement that they put out. They said they should have paid more attention uh, to the previous console, making it play better on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. They admitted they overlooked those consoles. 
They detailed their plans for getting it workable on those systems. There's a hot fix on called 1.05, which is actually already out by the time you're listening to this. There is a big patch coming in January, which they didn't say necessarily what's in it. And there's a big patch scheduled for February. These patches are not to make the previous generation consoles look and perform like PCs. It is literally just to make them playable. Uh, they also, without talking to partners, instructed everyone who <laughs> wants a refund to request a refund. And if, if you bought it physically, return it to your store. If you bought it digitally, go ask them for a refund. If you have trouble with a refund, you have one week until December 21st. Time's up if you're listening to this on recorded platforms. Uh, and we will try to do our best to help you out and get that refund. They put that out basically just after we recorded our episode last time. But more, Holden, there's more. CDPR conference call reveals last-gen cyberpunk 2077 neglect. No refund agreement is in place, says Liana Ruppert. Rupert? Ruppert? Two Ps. Probably Ruppert. Like supper. Game Informer <laughs> says... Uh, in, a, in a private conference call with investors, so they were talking to investors because their stock is plummeting right now. They said that there actually were no special agreements uh, at the time made between Cyberpunk and the retailers that they were instructing you to go search for refunds from. Um, because of that, there were a ton of people having trouble who uh, were trying to refund it on Xbox with some mixed reception. Some were getting it, some weren't. We were trying to return it through the PlayStation Store and... Almost across the board, everyone was like, nope, sorry, you used the game. And they're like, but Cyberpunk says I can get a refund. They're like, nope, we have a policy. Um, they have now, both of them have talked to Cyberpunk, and they've worked out a deal where uh, you can get refunds for both of them, at least through the 21st. Uh, more on that a little bit later. Cyberpunk, or sorry, CD Projekt Red also says there was a decrease in the number of playtesters they had for the old generation consoles because of some COVID limitations, but it's also important to point out that that wasn't a major source of the problems that they were seeing. They did admit, again, that they spent too much time looking at the PC version and the next-gen versions of the game, which, again, personal commentary here, told us that was not a priority for them. They weren't even looking at that creating the game. And they did not give enough attention to the last generation consoles, and then they, they followed this up with a statement that still makes no sense to me. They said that there was not any uh, extra external or internal pressure on the studio to release it outside of the regular pressure that there is just to release a game. <clears throat> so they were saying that, that we didn't have to hit a December 10th date. Like that was not the thing that we had to do or else the world explodes. I have... Three more stories here. Two of them are about the refunds. One of them is about uh, developers themselves grilling CD Projekt Red. And then we'll talk about it. Holden, I know you are just waiting with bated breath. Just bait your breath a little longer. <laughs> GameStop is apparently asking associates to refuse Cyberpunk 2077 refunds and redirect customers to CDPR. Says Zermanicon at PlayStation Lifestyle. Again, brick and mortar stores were not. Uh, told by CD Projekt Red that this was an option, that, that they were going to be telling people to go get refunds. Uh, Best Buy has kind of adopted the policy through December 21st. You can go and return it for full price. Uh, but it looks like GameStop is telling them, no, do not accept returns or refunds. Uh, tell them to, uh, CD Projekt Red has said if they even have to do it out of their own pocket, they will. So I guess that's what GameStop is taking advantage of. Sony, on the other hand, has gone a little bit further. Sony is offering refunds right now, 
But this is uh, the official statement. Sony's offering Cyberpunk 2077 refunds pulls the game from the PlayStation Store, says Michael McWhorter at Polygon. Their statement reads, quote, SIE strives to ensure a high level of customer satisfaction. Therefore, we will begin to offer a full refund for all gamers who have purchased Cyberpunk 2077 via PlayStation Store. SIE will also be removing Cyberpunk 2077 from PlayStation Store until further notice. Once we've confirmed that you purchased Cyberpunk 2077 via the PlayStation Store, we will begin processing your refund. Please note that the completion of the refund may vary based on your payment method and financial institution. This is huge. You can no longer buy the game on PlayStation Store, but they are offering refunds, it looks like, across the board if you want one. And then finally, report Cyberpunk 2077 developers grill management over crunch deadlines and poor launch, says Ethan Gatch at Kotaku. The biggest part that came out of this, it was originally a Bloomberg article, but who wants to pay to read Bloomberg when you can read Kotaku's write-up of it? The most important thing that came out of this was people uh, who work for the studio were asking uh, CD Projekt Red why they lied at the beginning of January of this year, and they said the game was complete. They said you could you could play it from beginning to end back in January, and they asked, why did you tell people that when that wasn't true? Um, and then they even said that crunch existed even when CD Projekt Red said that there was no crunch happening. <clears throat> So Holden, that's a whirlwind of shit that's been happening to Cyberpunk 2077. Do you still like yeah. the game? I still like the game. Good. Um, I kind of feel like this is a, a really well-seasoned piece of chicken. <laughs> and they just took it out of the oven too fast, and it's raw in the middle. Oh, no. That's what it is. Um, like it, if it had finished cooking, it would have been a great piece of chicken, and we all would have really, really liked it. Um, <sighs> there's so much to unpack. There's so much to unpack mm. here. So, let's first start off with. I think one of the most interesting things about this whole thing is there was no external or internal pressure on the company. And I think that they, I, I really genuinely, and I know we should be giving them the benefit of the doubt at this point, <laughs> because they've proven not to be very honest, but I feel like that was an honest statement. Because, first of all, something like that, they can't lie to investors and say. Because to say that means there was no financial reason for us not to release this. We have the money to have just pushed this back out. The one thing you can't lie to investors about is your financial stability. To say there was no internal pressures means that there is no financial reason to do so, which means, hey, don't choose to not invest in us. The other reason I, I believe in this case is because they basically just said, we were so incompetent, we didn't even know that the game was as bad as it was. Which, like, if I'm an investor, I'm more worried about that, hearing that. That is incredibly than if concerning. if you had just yeah. said, yeah, than if they just said, hey, we were pressured to release this. Because that would have made a lot of sense. They could have said, hey, it was the holiday, we really wanted to make sure we got it out, we were very pressured um, by that time frame to get it out in the time, it backfired, like, all would have been understandable. But they basically came out and said, I mean, I feel like the executives came out and said, we're not great at our jobs. <laughs> like, we did not have an understanding of what was happening at our company. Like, that's mind-boggling to me. That's absolutely nuts. Um... And it totally, that hurts my faith more in their future than if they had just said, yes, we felt pressure to release this because of heavy demand, because of hitting that, you know, um, that release window for the holidays. Now the new consoles are out. We wanted to make sure that we were releasing this in time for the current gen. Like, I would have accepted all of those 
is like, yeah, still the wrong move, but like from a business standpoint, I I, I get it. Not in like I get it like your thumbs up, all in the good. <laughs> like that's not what I mean by I get it. But just like I can see how that decision would have been made by a company looking to make money. But instead they're just like, no, we're just bad at our jobs. Like that's the craziest thing about this to me is that admitting that is just crazy. Um, well, I guess they didn't admit it publicly. It just turned out to <clears throat> become a public statement. But I think yeah, so that, that part's like absolutely mind-boggling. That pressure <clears> – there's <throat> an interesting choice that they said – no external or internal pressure outside of the normal pressures of releasing a game. And I think there's something to be said for the pressure mm-hmm. of releasing a game at holiday before Christmas. That very much exists. And in fact, I saw um, there was a, a graph floating around Twitter of video game sales by month over the last, like I think it was 10 years or something like that. And there is, it's like double any other time of the year in November and December. And so obviously... Yeah. Developers want to try to get their stuff out for Christmas. And a, as big a game as this is, and it's going to be on a lot of people's wish lists, that pressure was very real. And I feel like that probably influenced them to, to try to squeeze it out before Christmas happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for it's, them to uh, admit that we did that not knowing it was as broken as it was. like lit- And to say mm-hmm. we didn't have game testers... We didn't have a lot of game testers for that because of COVID. Blah, blah, blah. Like literally one person, one game tester has to play that game and tell you, "Oh no, this is fucked up." Uh, how yeah, does that not reach absolutely. the right people to delay the game? That's that, bo- that blows my mind. Yeah, here's the other part too. That's it's odd that like they they weren't aware, and there's so many contradictions and weird things here. They weren't aware, but they knew to keep that copy away from. Mm-hmm reviewers like there's so many weird things like that it's just such an odd statement and trevor uh, you and me were talking about this right before we recorded the demon souls thing and he made the whole point of like he doesn't like to be that person who calls for like heads to roll basically over some of this and i'm generally the same way but like in this case like i really feel like there needs to be a shake-up in the executive team there because i just don't think this is the developer's fault I feel like this is an executive team who was pressuring the development team too much to turn out results that weren't realistic, and it seems like a huge prevalent problem within the company that it would impact the game to this degree. It's crazy. Um, I mean, the game got, what was it, like a, a 4, it four out, out of 10, 10 on, IGN. on IGN? Yeah. Yeah, like that's that doesn't happen with big AAA games. It just doesn't. Like, even Mass Effect Andromeda, which got all sorts of uh, complaints when that launched for technical reasons as well, for being rushed out the door, didn't hit that low. God, the glitches of Mass Effect Andromeda look so minor compared to what's coming out of Cyberpunk right now. Yeah. Um, so, like, I, I do still believe them when they said there wasn't this, like, crazy amount of pressure to release outside of the normal pressures. I think the pressure of the holiday was still prevalent. I still believe all that. But I just feel like this points more to, like, an incompetent leadership team, which starts to make more sense now when you're looking back at so many of the statements that have been made about this game. The ex- like, it seemed like the executives were very confident in this. They weren't necessarily not... Usually, like, a lot of tr- AAA developers will not talk about a game a lot because they don't want you to know how bad it is. Like that's kind of what happened with Mass Effect Andromeda. Like there wasn't really that much press or game demonstrations about this game before it released. But in this case, the executives were so confident. They were still having Night City episode, you know, whatever to show off like all these different aspects of the game. Like they were really really pushing it. They were still putting the game out in the forefront. In 
as we know now, dishonest, deceptive ways that were not true to the product that they were going to be releasing. But it's really weird, that disconnect. Um, There's a YouTuber, I can't remember his name, it was like um, Cone or something like that. Um, And he was saying it felt like with certain parts of the game, like NPCs in the street and that kind of, and like the um, overall AI of, of NPCs, it felt like an executive six months ago said, all right, we're releasing this game in six months. Just take whatever you have in your system and just start to make it at least presentable. Don't advance it any further than it is right now. We're just capping it. It kind of feels like that. But because the game is so huge and, and dynamic, honestly, just with how much is in the game and, and the variations within the game, it, it, it was just too much of, of a task to, to do. You know, I'm, I'm curious if... We hear all the we heard rumors. The gaming industry heard rumors that the reason Cyberpunk is getting delayed is because they're having trouble running on last gen. How do we yeah. know that and the executive team doesn't? The here's like my I'm gonna play devil's advocate. I don't mm-hmm. genuinely like a hundred percent believe this, but like just to play devil's advocate, I feel like the these big open world RPG experiences, the fallouts, the Skyrims, the even the Mass Effects, which aren't even open world, but like that kind of caliber of game, Days Gone, every game like that launches with bugs. And I just kind of feel like they thought, well, they all launch with bugs. We'll be fine. We'll push through it. But that chicken was still pink in the middle. It wasn't <laughs> a little underdone. It was very much underdone. I want you to come um, back to this chicken the whole episode. Yeah, the whole episode. We'll be talking about Nintendo Land, and I will still bring up the chicken. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just, I'm baffled. And it really makes me sad because I I have had a better experience, it sounds like, than most people playing the game from a technical standpoint. Um, And I feel like there's a really great game there that is just going to be lost now because it's been tarnished. I don't think this is going to be a No Man's Sky situation. No Man's Sky is an ongoing game where they can release ongoing updates over the course of years. And that game was still functional when it came out for the most part. It had problems, it but its empty. big issues were like it was just empty. Yeah, that was its big problem. And didn't this is on different. Promises I really feel made, like but but it wasn't yeah, broken. And they managed to it wasn't broken. Yeah, I mean, I had crashes when that game came out, but it wasn't like this. Um, so I, I, I really feel like CD Projekt Red's reputation is tarnished here and not to the degree where they're going to close their doors. The Witcher 4 is still going to come out in a few years, but they're just really going to have to reconsider how they present their games. And I feel like if anything, this is the best argument for do not show your game until you are ready to release it. Um, I know that Fallout 4 wasn't the, like the, the release of that wasn't the, the usual for Bethesda or the whole industry, but like six months before that game came out, actually no, three months before that game came out, they finally announced and said it's coming and they launched it and had some problems. But again, like every big game like that has problems. That's fine. Those things get patched out. I feel like they need to take that approach of just like keep working on it until it's absolutely ready until your development team and your, your leads of quest design, your leads of any sort of technical part of the game are like, yep, we're feeling confident now. And then you start to show off the game because you just don't know. And especially in CDPR's place, they own the GOG store. They have other sources of revenue that can help float them as they're working on this game. It's not like they don't have that kind of resource to to pull that off. Speaking of stores, I want to pivot a little bit and talk about the truly historic 
PlayStation Store pulling it from sale. Yeah, that's, that's, let's talk about that. That's, yeah, to me, first of all, I, I think we were we were talking in, in text message earlier this week. It was like that's unprecedented. Like it's never. I can never think of anything. Mm-hmm. The only time I can ever think of anything close was the MMO from Amazon Studios that they put out earlier this year, and then a month later, unreleased the game. And then, yeah. just like a month or two ago, canceled it. That's the only thing I can think of is that like the game came out, people didn't like it, and they're just like, oh, you know what, Let's we're going to back up. This is straight up saying, no, we re- this was for sale on our platforms. It does not meet our standard of quality. We are not going to sell this game anymore. And mm-hmm. from uh, allegedly from behind closed doors... The talks, it was an uh, an agreement between CDPR and Sony. They reached this agreement together to, to remove it from the store. My assumption is, you know, Sony now officially, by the way, you're, can you adjust your camera? Um, my assumption is that Sony has this official return policy for digital project products now that it hadn't had in the past. You look good. Um, and But now it says you can only refund something if you haven't downloaded it or streamed it. And unless... It is um, faulty. And so many people were saying, it is faulty. It is faulty. The game literally doesn't boot up anymore on my console. And so my assumption is they pulled it because PlayStation said to CD Projekt Red, like, listen, we can't offer refunds unless you admit it's faulty. And if you admit it's faulty, we can't sell the game. So they're like, the only way that we are going to honor your refund that you're spouting everywhere is if you allow us to take it off sale because we don't want we don't want this problem to get any bigger. That's my assumption of how it happened. Mm-hmm. But it is... that you. It's tough to believe that a relationship like that can be tarnished between the people who made The Witcher 3, which is one of the highest selling RPGs of all time that is lauded everywhere. And But what, what do you think is next between Sony and, and CD Projekt Red? Does, do they now have to meet a much, much stricter rule of quality before they're even allowed back on? Does it have to be near flawless? Or do you let them back on with a few bugs still in it? Or that it's at least playable? How do they proceed from yeah. that? So I'll say I, I actually hadn't thought about um, kind of your assumption of how that relationship dynamic worked there and deciding to take it off. I had assumed that Sony didn't want to deal with any more refunds, so they just said we're taking it off until people aren't going to want to return this for technical problems. Um, but I think what you're saying makes a ton of sense as well. Um, there was a developer, I can't remember who it was, but he did this. Tw- he tweet, kind of tweeted out how certification works. And certification is not necessarily this like quality test of like, is this a good game or not? It's just, does it break the console? If it doesn't break the console, it can be a buggy, disastrous mess. You know, it'll still be allowed on on the store um, as long as it doesn't break the console like in, in the meantime. Um, but I do wonder if that will start to change because they don't put every game on the store. Right. They do have a say in what gets on there. And I do feel like... Kind of like how Nintendo has kind of gotten shit for allowing these really shitty games on their store, on the eShop store that like, you know, do a sale for its one penny and now it's at the top of the list, but it's a garbage game and it was just a giant cash grab like, and they're kind of starting to do things about that now. I feel like Sony needs to kind of have some policies on this. But the, tr- the tricky thing though is how do they 
implement such a policy? Do they treat it based on the hype for the game? Would they say like, hey, the hype for Witcher 4 is really good, so you need to hit an even higher threshold than other games that we released? What happens when Days Gone, come, like a Days Gone equivalent kind of comes out that has some issues when it launches, and then developers cry foul because, well, you made that exception for yourself, but not for us. And like, there's a lot of like really messy things that they have to figure out and be really, really firm on. And I feel like, if anything, the refund policy needs to change where, I think it works as way on Steam, you can play a game for two hours, and after that two hours, you can refund it because you found out while playing it for two hours that it doesn't work for you. It's not, you know, either it wasn't the game you were expecting it to be, or in this case, Cyberpunk, it's not the game that was that that was polished enough to to your expectation of what you'd expect from a developer of that caliber. And what I like about um, Steam too is it's an automated process. Yeah. Like they know how long you played the game, and if yeah. it's under that two hours, it's like you don't have to speak to a person, you don't have to email, you don't have to chat. It's just like cool. Here's your money. Mm-hmm. Yep, I think it's a great policy. I think the reason they don't do it is because they're afraid people are going to download the game, hack their PS4 so they return it but still have the file or whatever. But how many people really do that? Like, how many people are actually doing that? I bet very, very few people. So I feel like if Steam can get away with it, which I would assume Steam has the most tech-savvy group of game consumers out there, um, just by nature of being you know, PC gamers... I just don't think Sony should worry about that, and I think that they need to enact some sort of policy like that. Um, but I, I had tweeted out that, like, at least what I, I kind of feel like we, as consumers, we need to do is expect more from CD in terms of what they show us ahead of time, and don't pre-order their game. Like, I'm not going to pre-order their next game now. Like, I'm just not going to. I again, I didn't have as bad of an experience. I'm not going to get a refund on mine because I'm still enjoying it enough. I'm still looking forward to the patches. I'm especially looking forward to the DLC um, that's coming out in the future, the expansions for it. Um, but it's like fight them with your wallet. I know we all want to talk on Twitter about how upsetting this is, and I'm not saying we shouldn't do that, but it has to be accompanied with if get the refund if you want the refund and don't pre-order their next game. I don't care if it's The Witcher Four and it's it looks like the greatest you know thing ever. This looked like the greatest thing ever. So we just got to vote with our wallets and tell companies that we don't accept these practices. So I think a lot of this is also is on how we treat these companies going forward. Yeah. I think what's what's most upsetting is that you, what you kind of alluded to is that it sounds like there's a really amazing game under this that mm-hmm. like it's it's so hard to make that decision. Oh, I would I really want to buy this game. I really want to support this developer because the game under there is really, really amazing, but also it's broken as fuck and, and I can't play it. But then like... Mm-hmm they make really great shit. So it's really tough to not buy it. I mean, you had a nice compromise with The Last yeah. of Us Part Two, where you're like, I'm just not going to be a part of their launch sales. I'm not going to give them the satisfaction right off the bat. I'm going to wait yeah. two weeks to play it. So maybe that's a good compromise to make for Witcher 4 or whatever comes next. But does, so does aside from just not pre-ordering it, does this change your opinion of CD Projekt Red at all? Does it affect what you're going to buy from them in the future? Do, do, are you saying, no, I'm not going to play Witcher 3 after this because of this? Or <laughs> We'll talk about that when we get to playtime. Okay. <laughs> um, the Witcher 3 part. Oh, I see. Yeah, Witcher I did 3 actually is on play playtime. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going to be very skeptical. Kind of like um, after... Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, I was kind of like, hey, I should be skeptical of Bioware. And they released Anthem, and 
I feel pretty validated in being skeptical of of Bioware. And like they announced Mass Effect, you know, the sequel to Mass Effect at the Game Awards. I'm like, I'm really excited for that. But I'm also going to be skeptical going in into that experience because the track record needs to be consistent. And when you look at studios, I mean, like, yeah, I did the whole boycott on Last of Us Part Two this year, but I didn't have any concerns about that being a good game or not. Yeah, I knew it was going to be a a really good game. Um, So, like, I know, like, when a Naughty Dog game is coming out, I'm excited about that. I know that when a new Nintendo game is coming out, I'm excited about that. But, like, now, CD Projekt Red, even though I didn't really have warm fuzzies with them anyway, because Witcher 3 is not a game that I that spoke to me in, in this huge way like it did for a lot of people. Um, but like now, yeah, I'm really skeptical about them when they start talking about their new experience and and what it's capable of and how they market it and how they position it. Um, I'm skeptical now. So it definitely hurt my relationship with them. And I'm getting that feeling, like spending a lot of time on Reddit, I'm getting that feeling very strongly on, on Reddit. But we'll just have to see how this plays out because keep in mind people still love my bioware bioware is still around after two huge flops so yeah. like, it's not like cd project red doesn't have any opportunity to get better here it's just that they fell on their face so hard it, it's it's interesting uh fix your camera i feel like i've been rambling too much i'm sorry no worries uh it's great um i, I feel like for me i i've always been cd project red curious perhaps you could call it mm-hmm. like Witcher three is I like, yeah. I've watched you play a little bit of it. And I've never really dove in it, but I've, there's always been a part of me. It's like, I bet if I was able to like forget seven years of my life and play the Witcher three, I would love it. And then CD, the same thing with, with cyberpunk. I was like, I mean, if other video games didn't exist and I had seven years to devote to this thing, I would probably love it. But I think all of that's gone for me right now. It's like, Nope, cool. I'm, I'm totally fine mm-hmm. with never playing a CD project red game, at least until something drastic happens they release something that's incredibly amazing and they redeem themselves or whatever it might be mm-hmm. dope well we will follow up on what is sure to be a, a crazy ride with cd project red over the next few weeks before we move on to playtime what's up court sartana howdy in the chat we're gonna move on to playtime talk about what we played this week and holden i've got a little bit more of the same but you've got some things in there that are kind of new to you kind of old but i would love to hear more about why you're playing them <laughs> so Holden, what did you play <laughs> yeah so i played more cyberpunk 2077 i think i'm at a point now where i'm gonna stop playing it not just because i feel like i've gotten what i want out of the game yeah. um and i'm excited for the dlc packs um the expansions the story kind of where it's going to go from there um I kind of put out a little wish list of like what I want out of 2021. And one of them is an expansion for uh, Cyberpunk 2077 based off of the Dream On side Dream quest. Because that side quest was from Glee. Crazy. Actually, it, it's the it's the side quest that I talked your ear off yeah. after we recorded and like told you the entire Speaking of, I'm like, what's happening here? After after yeah. this, uh, after we go off live, I wanna I wanna hear spoilers on if that wrapped up. Oh yeah, I, I'll I'll share. Um it there, there's I'll just say without spoiling anything right now but like there are a few things that happen that are very much off the beaten path that are heavy teases for that story continuing in some capacity or it's at least there to make you really paranoid which is kind of cool <laughs> actually that they would do that um but so i'm excited for more cyberpunk 2077 um i felt very satisfied with the ending but i also and just for my personal ending I went online and was kind of like, what do these other endings look like? And the other endings are completely different than what I experienced. That's like, what I got from the insanely reviews. Insanely different. Like, unrecognizable game at the ends of different like outcomes. 
Yeah. Like characters that died in my playthrough are pivotal in the end of other people's ending. It's it's really, really impressive how much is is different. And I maintain, and I want to be multiple playthroughs of this to kind of... Uh, you know, either confirm or, you know, uh, disprove this belief. But I really feel like part of the reason people are saying about this game that it doesn't have this diversity of options and it's all just linear anyway is that what the game is really successful at is making your path feel like the definitive one, which is really impressive because that's a total artistic thing. It has nothing to do with technical prowess or the power of a high-end PC. It has nothing to do with that. That is all about just artistic vision writing and quest design so i'm really excited to see how how true that it may or may not be based on my subsequent playthroughs but it's the feeling i've gotten just from seeing other endings again i was really surprised by how different things played out um i also played the witcher 3 because i'm like man you know i liked the way that the uh, the way that cd project red developed the story of cyberpunk throughout and how kind of interesting it gets towards the end then I'm like, you know, I need to give Witcher 3 another chance because I kind of got into it um, for a little bit, but then it felt slow and I didn't really know it was going. kind of felt meandering, so I just stopped. And I'm like, let's get back into it again. And I started playing it again and kind of like the last time I went back into it for like the fourth attempt at playing <laughs> yeah. the game. Uh, this is now number five. I've actually put 24 hours into the game. I looked at the PS5. I put 24 hours in the Witcher 3 game that I'm like <laughs> lukewarm on because I'm unsure if I want to keep going with it, which is really kind of, I think it's funny. Um, and I'm really, it's a different game in the sense that it's really slowly paced because it wants you to take your time it's also really interesting how it handles experience points. You do not, at least from what I noticed, it doesn't seem like you get experience points from like killing an enemy. You get experience points solely from beating quests. It is a story-based game, and they incentivize you through and through to play those stories. It does mean that there is a ton of stuff to do. It, like if... Uh, you were kind of saying you might dabble in CD Projekt Red games or thinking about that. Mm. I really don't... like your kind of whole anxiety of like seeing too many things in the map and going oh it's overwhelming i don't want to do it you should never play the witcher 3 because it's <laughs> that's like what it is is like a bunch of question marks all over the map and some of them are really good quest lines and and but there's too much to like do in one go yeah. um it, it is overwhelming to the point where i'm like okay i'm stopping again but not because I'm not enjoying it. I am enjoying it. I'm stopping again because that PS5 update is going to come out this year with ray tracing and all that stuff. And I'm like, if I'm going to play this, I'm going to play it like that. I don't want to play this game and then play through it again just to see ray tracing in it. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited to play it again, but I'm going to wait. But I have been on like, I've been an RPG fiend. I want to play more role-playing games, like really, really bad. I downloaded every RPG that could possibly fit on my PS5. Oh my God. I redownloaded Outer Worlds. I redownloaded <laughs> Final Fantasy VII. I redownloaded Mass Effect Andromeda because I'm excited about that uh, coming back with Legendary Edition later on this year, or next year. I'm already in 2021. My head's ready for it. <laughs> We're only um, like a week and a half away. Yeah, I know. So, but, so I, I delved more into Mass Effect Andromeda. I think that's my next game that I really dig into and I, and I play. And, Outside of Godfall. You know, it... That's a Godfall. Mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. um, we do have to do that one. We Wednesday we're doing that. Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday Thursday. We're yeah, Wednesday, Wednesday. Okay. So yeah, I'm. I stopped playing Mass Effect because I didn't like the beginning of the story. 
um, had all these technical problems where like I would fall through the world and stuff like really bad stuff. That seems to all have been taken care of. Now I'm just enjoying it. I'm l- talking to every character and exhausting every dialogue option because I want it all about the lore. And man, I forgot how good the lore is in Mass Effect. Just hearing about how like in the beginning of this game, how like they're going to the Andromeda Galaxy to kind of look for a new planet to kind of start um, start over again. But like Krogans aren't there. Um, as prominently as they would have liked to have been because they wanted a bigger say in the politics and everyone else kind of said no so they backed off and I'm like oh I want to hear more about the dynamic because the head of this organization is a Krogan and what does she think about it so I'm gonna go talk to her and I'm like god damn like I forgot how good like the lore (laughs) of this is like I'm I'm fully into that game now I'm into it super pumped to uh, for Mass Effect uh, Legendary Collection to come out I made sure to double check and it is going to have the DLC so I'm even more excited because I never played any of the DLC for Mass Effect 1, 2 and I also just never played 3 yeah so because I had an Xbox 360 and this is back when my uh, parents didn't really understand like the internet or how the internet worked and so they locked down my Xbox and didn't allow any internet access at all on it so I didn't even have the uh, they they had the passcode and then they forgot the passcode so I just was locked out completely (laughs) yeah so um so I had never had even the opportunity to play the DLC for that game so now I when it comes out Legendary Edition I'll have new content in each of the games to explore I'm really excited for that so I'm full on Mass Effect right now very excited that's all I played this week dope Chad, I uh, I also I bought Mass Effect Andromeda yesterday because it was on sale on the PlayStation yeah. Store for like eight dollars or eight ninety nine or something like that. Oh, it's worth it, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, I'm gonna want to play that before the new one comes out, and I'm pumped on the new one. So mm-hmm. I got that. I haven't played it. I haven't started it yet. I downloaded Control because I realized I never played the Alan Wake expansion, the AWE or Altered World Events, is what it actually stands for. Well, you should wait now, though. You need to wait. No, I'm not going to wait because I have to, if I wait till February 2nd, oh. then I have to pay the $40 to play it with ray tracing. Yeah, so never mind. I'm going to yeah, play the version that. I already paid for. It. <laughs> um, so I downloaded That's fair. it. That's fair. I got the notification that says, it's ready to play. I was like, cool. I open up the game and I hit continue. And then it says, whoop, uh, we're still installing the game. Come back later. And I was like, what? You told me it was ready to play. And there's nowhere I can check the progress. <laughs> How long is it going to take to install? What's going on? So I was like, all right, that was your chance, Control. So I didn't play Control this week. And instead, I played Destiny 2 and got a bunch of cookies. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm three levels away from the season cap in Destiny 2 for this season. The season wraps up February 9th, I believe. So I'm way ahead of the curve. But we are, uh, we are raid ready. So Jerrica, Jerrica's girlfriend, whose name I forgot, uh, Trevor, St. James, all you out there, get raid ready because the fire team is ready. We are ready to go for this crypt, this deep stone crypt. Can't wait. <gasps> oh my god. Like, two weeks from now is the one year anniversary from when we beat the Leviathan raid. <gasps> yeah, the one year anniversary when I whined and complained it was dragged to yes. the end of that raid. <laughs> yes. No, I didn't beat the raid. No, I. you guys, I think, beat it without me, which is probably yeah. for the best. <laughs> yeah, I think you left in the dog room, maybe. Or no, it was it yeah. Was, the it was the room with the axes and running the gauntlet through. You had to like shoot nope, the guys at the, the right time. Room. I remember the dog room. Oh, was it the dog? Okay. Yeah, fuck that room. Yeah, I'm glad was, you guys had fun. That, I'm, I 100 <laughs> honesty. I was like, man, it sucks that Holden couldn't do this with us, but man, I'm glad we're not doing this with Holden anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I totally understand that. I was a whiny little baby. <laughs> it was awful. Um. From the sounds of it, this one is much less intense than the life Leviathan challenges were. But I'm excited. 
Um, played more uh, Demon's Souls Remastered. We just recorded the Barf episode of that. That will be live Monday morning, so tomorrow morning. You already sent me your audio for it? Question mark? No, I was going to send this audio and the other audio all together as one email. So it won't be ready tomorrow morning, but it will be ready sometime (laughs) tomorrow. Um, So beat that game. Had a blast with it. Played more Minecraft Dungeons today with the kids. And that game, we talked about last time it being like a really competent Diablo clone that's really accessible for kids. But then also today, my niece is like, oh my gosh, yesterday we unlocked this really hard place. And I was let's do that today. I was like, whatever. <laughs> we died five times, completely failed the level. Like we died so many times that it's like, you're not even going to get to come back to life. You have to, you have to go back to town. <laughs> like, damn Ooh. it. So yeah, that game can get really so tough. So not so easy anymore. No. Uh, that game, uh, I'm enjoying it more and more. And it sounds like Brent and Dallas want to play too, so maybe we'll we'll play together a little bit, and then once or twice a week I'll get together with the kids and play too. Loving that again, remote playing like crazy, playing on so many different TVs. The crossplay works really, really great. I love it. And then we played Warzone. Warzone was our game night this past week, uh, and they have a new How map. Is the new out. map. So the new map, super tiny map, very tiny map. Um, there are forty-five. Same number of players. Forty-five players. Three te- okay, 15 so teams like of three. Okay, so it's like a third of the number players. Yeah. Uh, the map is also very vertical. Uh, there are lots of, like, four-story buildings and balconies and shit, and uh, it was... We got our asses handed to us. We only played, like, two or three rounds on the new map, and then we Dallas and I played a duos on the regular map. Um, and it was... Uh, I don't know if I like it. It's It's also a smaller map with a new mechanic to it as well. Uh, apparently, it's I, I don't play Call of Duty multiplayer, but apparently it's like a mishmash of a bunch of different Call of Duty multiplayer maps all on one island. So a lot of people are familiar with the locations, but we weren't. Um, but it's this resurgence or re, re, re something you come, coming back to life, and uh, so you drop down with your team of three. There's no gulag. There's no buy your buddy back, but it's when oh, someone kills you. It reveals. Your teammate's location to them temporarily. So they kill me, and they're like, fuck, I know exactly where Holden is now, and they come after you. Oh. But if your teammate survives for, like, 25 seconds, then you automatically come back to life. So you automatically drop back in after 25 seconds oh, as long as they survive. So it, it actually, it's it, it behooves you. I use this word while we were playing it, and I hated that I used the word, but it's the word that I chose to use now as well. It behooves you <laughs> not to travel together. Because if they shoot you, then they know exactly where your other guy is right over there. But if you're kind of separated by quite a bit and one of you dies, then the other one can just kind of flee and and survive enough to bring you back. But yeah, there was it's it's really kind of cramped. It it feels too small and it feels like the environment's working against you a bit because of how vertical it is and people can be shooting you from crazy places and you have no idea what even is going on before you're dead. Um I don't know, so I'm not I'm not sold on it as much as I. I'm glad the regular map is still around for singles, tru- duos, and and quads and all that kind of stuff. But pretty, I don't know. It was a fun a fun experimentation. We played it for about thirty minutes, forty five minutes, and then we're like, let's just play Destiny because it was just Matt Dallas and I this time. So we're like, let's just play Destiny, mm-hmm. bake some cookies, <laughs> get them Galler doodles. Yeah, it's good. Uh, that's all I played this week. Oh wait! Before you did it have any um, adaptive trigger support and haptics? No, it's still it's still based on the mm. Warzone from PS4. Same texture, same. The Cold War even updated the. It's made by Treyarch. 
whatever one of the rotating three Possibly. Call of Duty studios is, uh, it has mm-hmm. new systems like it doesn't have doors and it doesn't have like that kind of stuff. So I don't think they can take all of that from Cold War and adapt it to Warzone without changing the engine that it runs on. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's still right 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 now running in backwards compatibility mode on PS4. Lame. Yeah. Lame. Moving on to our quest Speaking log. Of lame. <laughs> We've got just a couple of things to talk about today. We've got a Nintendo quest log and some fetch quests, and that's it. But starting with our Nintendo quest log, Doug Bowser on Nintendo's obsession with March 31st, plus Joy-Con <laughs> drift and Switch Pro rumors, says Russ Russ Frustick, um from Polygon. So hold in. I'm going to actually turn this over to you to talk about this article because I see the bullet points here and I read through them, but I didn't have time to actually read the whole article for context. Will you walk us through what this is? Yeah, so basically it was an interview um, asking Doug Bowser, um, who is the president of Nintendo of America, which is kind of more like a marketing department he's for Reggie America. In, he's Reggie Fils-Aimé too. But like, they don't make the games. He's just the marketing guy that basically um, in, interprets what Nintendo of Japan is doing and makes it palatable for the American audience and knows how to market to the American audience. This is basically what his job is. Um, but I found this interview to be honestly quite hilarious because most of it was uh, a masterclass and how to dodge questions that he does not want to answer. <laughs> so it so um, sounds like from the bullet points. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so uh, one of the things was just, did, did they expect Animal Crossing to be a success? And he said, we basically says like we knew it was going to be successful because it's Animal Crossing. The last game sold 12 million copies. We knew that we were going to sell a lot of copies of this, but they just weren't expecting it to be the kind of cultural moment that it ended up um, becoming. Which I don't think anyone can anticipate that happening. City Project Red certainly didn't anticipate it being a cultural <laughs> moment when Cyberpunk came out. Um, the other one that I think was really funny, apparently the top two reasons that people buy the Nintendo Switch online service is one, online multiplayer. Okay, that makes sense. Um, that's what it's for. Um, the other one was the NES SNES game collection. Really? Is that why most people are buying? Like, is that, I don't know. I, I don't mean, what else so. do you get? Half of your games can back up the cloud and that's it. That's the only other option. You know, I checked the list actually of my games that are backed up in the cloud. It was basically all of them. I think they've been updating that and quietly and haven't been doing it. But yeah, at launch, it was Probably like, not you Pokemon can update Breath though. of the Wild. No, Pokemon's not there. Pokemon. Animal Crossing's Dark not there. Souls, but that game does at least back up to the cloud. Uh, I don't can't remember if I said Dark Souls or not. Um, they were asked if they would do a Game Pass, or if they at least if Nintendo views the SNES NES game collection on um, Nintendo Switch Online as like a competitive or something akin to Game Pass. And his response is basically like, "Well, our attach rate for the Switch is um, eight games per Switch console, so we just clearly see that people love buying games individually, which is basically just dodging the question. It's just like, <laughs> hey, people buying." games that's working for us um this was the ultimate dodge this was the ultimate dodge was asked about mario all-stars and and only having games available until march 31st and he literally said this is a matter of celebration we see it as celebration and the interviewer actually pushed back against him and said I get that it's like a celebration, but why is I'm paraphrasing, but like, but why is the time frame a part of that celebration? Like, it was very, very weird, um, and it kind of felt like when Apple said we're getting rid of the headphone jack because of courage. Mm, it yeah. kind of felt like that moment. I don't have a problem with Apple getting rid of the headphone jack. I get why they did it, but that was definitely like not the best way 
to say that this is a terrible way of saying a terrible policy yeah <laughs> so it's just not great but one thing he did say which was interesting and i couldn't tell if he was just trying to end the subject he said that we can't speak of plans beyond the end of march he also said that this is not a strategy they're going to be using very frequently going forward, which makes me think that if there is a Zelda anniversary collection, maybe that will be a limited release as well. Um, but I feel like if they took anything away from launch of All-Stars, it's that people were not a fan of that and it gave them bad press. So maybe don't do that. But, but it also sold like knows? crazy, didn't it? It did. It sold really well. Yeah. yeah. But it was going to sell really well anyway. Like, Did it sell well because of... The time frame, like, I feel like it would have sold it well. Sold anyway. well, but yeah, it was, it, well. <laughs> it was a celebration. It was a celebration. He also, I, I forgot to put this in the bullet points, but he also basically dodged questions about um, Breath of the Wild, the two Metroid Prime Four, and he was just kind of saying like, "We talk about things when we're ready to talk about them," but that's to be expected. That's not surprising. Um, Bayonetta three, yeah, that's up there. Um, Doug Bowser also avoided discussing the Switch Pro. Um, which again, I understand why he would. He's not going to announce the Switch Pro in an interview with Polygon. Right. It's not usually how those things happen. But he was basically saying, like, our consoles are selling super well. And they have been. Like, it's been the number one selling console every month for the past, like, two years. So, like, it's selling really, really well. They're doing a good job with that. So, he, but he, and he kind of alluded that that is framing the, like, the remainder of the generation for them. But that doesn't really say anything because he could have meant, and that's where we're going to continue with the Switch line with the Pro version coming out in 2021. Or it could be him saying, and that's why we're not going to release anything because <laughs> it's selling well anyway. Like, yeah. so again, like this, a lot of this interview is just not really saying anything. And it makes me wonder why do interviews like this? Right. What you can was just the say, point? Point me to the press page on Nintendo. Yeah, Here's everything exactly. that I'm allowed to tell you. So. If you want to hear it come out of my mouth, great. Otherwise, you can read it on our website. Yeah, like, anything else he said was kind of, like, obvious. Like, how did COVID impact Nintendo? He's like, well, it was hard at first, but I'm really not going to tell you anything outside of that. <laughs> right. Like, it just, I don't know. I mean, it was, it's interesting to read those kind of things, to kind of hear what the executives at the top of these companies are saying. But, like, this is really just, like, this whole thing was a non-starter but of course it it prompted a myriad of other outlets taking individual samples of this for clickbait headlines about how doug bowser talked about breath of the wild 2 and then you click on the article and realize he didn't say anything about breath of the wild 2 <laughs> and now you've given yeah. nintendo life some of your money by reading the article and getting advertising revenue from that um so yeah that's what happened with doug bowser Dope. something more important happened with nintendo yes, if you want to take over I'm from here be excited about this there was a tour of Super Mario Nintendo World with Shigeru Miyamoto. This is Brian Shea at Game Informer. There was an entire Nintendo Direct devoted to this, showing off the land, the park, some of the secrets, but not all of the secrets. And I was super excited to see it because it looks incredible, Holden. It looks... Did you watch any of it? Yeah, I watched all of it. Yeah. Yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. So the, the park is opening as part of Universal Studios on February 2nd in Japan. And there is another one coming sometime in 2023 in Orlando, Florida and Hollywood, California. And there have been pictures all over the place for years of what this place looks like. But to see it all in motion on video, walking through the tunnel and then coming into like, honestly, the, the Peach's Castle little part was way too small. But then you walk out of it, it and just really small, the yeah. world 
What is, is this? A Peach's so Castle dense. for ants? It needs to be three times bigger <laughs> three than times this. Three times as big. You're absolutely right. <laughs> um, but yeah, to see him walk out of the front of Peach's Castle, and the the world is just incredibly dense, and it looks like you are in a, a Super Mario video game. The characters moving, the Goombas, the Koopas, all of them kind of moving all over the world. The coins doing the little spinning thing. It makes it feel so real. And I can't freaking wait to experience it sometime in one of the universe, universals here in the States in the next couple of years. But there are, um, there are, you can wear a little wristband. We've known about this a little bit, but we didn't really quite know how it works. But you wear a wristband that you can get uh, extra and it's like five or six different styles from Mario, Luigi, Toad, all that kind of stuff. And oh, so you, you don't get that in the ticket price. That's extra. It's extra. Yeah, it's not included in the ticket price. Okay. But if you have it, then there are question blocks all over the place, and you literally punch the bottom of it, which I see lawsuits like crazy from people breaking their fingers and <laughs> all that shit. Yeah. And it, it's not just like a like a tap. He was actually like punching it from the bottom to collect coins. Uh, that then translate to a mobile app and you use that to get rewards and shit. But then you also use it all over the... There are a couple of attractions. There's like Bowser's Mario Kart live thing um, where you're actually doing Mario Kart live. It, it's awesome. They didn't show exactly how it works, but they've kind of talked a little bit about how it incorporates AR. You'll be able to actually throw items at people, whether it's... I don't know whether that's AR or whether it's like something physical. Probably not physical. But there's that. There's this Yoshi ride that <laughs> and they you'll show. spin out and you'll blow up and you, <laughs> yes. you might lose your mom on the trip. <laughs> <laughs> so there are a couple of rides, but they showed off some more. They called them what do they call them? Secrets or something like that all over the park. I, yeah, activities. He's like activities or secrets activities. or something. Yeah. And there was one with like a piranha plant, and there's a little key next to the piranha plant that's just spinning, and they're like hey, if you want this key, it's a secret. We're not going to spoil how this one works, but we will spoil this one over here. And it's like, you have to tap your hand on a pow block to hit a turtle shell up a thing to get the key at just the right time. I think it looks so cool. Who knows what all those keys end up doing? You get keys to unlock something in the park. I think you have to get like three keys to get some special reward that they haven't detailed. But it looks amazing. Just like Harry Potter world, you're going to be immersed in this thing. There's going to be secrets all over the place that you just pound your fist on. He walked through the underground level as well. And you can see how like the world slowly shifts around you so that by the time you're on the other end of it, you feel like you're really tiny. It's magical. It looks magical. And I can't wait to go. What I do see happening though is uh immediately all of those activities are going to have lines for them and they're going to be completely it's you're going to be waiting like 30 minutes to tap your wrist on a pow block to get a key and it's going to lose that luster a little bit because it's going to be jam packed and there's gonna be that one kid in front of you who you just want to throw out of the way but yep. he needs to time that perfectly and it's going to take him forever right. and yeah and it's it from what it looked like it's not like a, oh you get one shot or two shots and then it's you go to the back of the line or you leave it's no it looks like that kid's going to be there punching that pow block until that turtle shell hits the key and if he sucks at it everyone's waiting a very long time <laughs> <laughs> but those activities don't necessarily like have lines or like extensions to manage that line but i imagine they're going to get some pretty big lines of them so i don't know yeah but they have all sorts of mushroom food. They have a, like a waiting area in the restaurant where digital toad talks to you. Oh, you must be feeling very hungry. Wow. Um, they have Mario characters, like actually good characters, not just foam suits that look like them, but they have like moving they do eyes look and really expressions. Good. Yeah. It's fantastic. If you told me it was a robot, I'd believe you. <laughs> yep. It's great. 
There's an really awkward a moment between Miyamoto trying to tell them to go away. He's like, all right, daddy has to go do this now. Okay, bye-bye. Arigato. Uh, okay. And Mario's just like, <laughs> okay, okay, bye. <laughs> go away. <laughs> but I'm excited. I won't get to experience it anytime until like at least three years from now when it opens up in the U.S., but it looks awesome. Moving on to the fetch quest. Unless you have something else to say? Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, I wasn't quite as high on it. No. And I, I think kind of watching it kind of realized, oh, yeah, there's a reason I don't like like the theme. Like, I don't know, like, the whole thing. It's not theme parks because I like a, like Six Flags. I like to go on rides. Yeah. but and, and I know that they didn't show a lot there. There's still a lot more they have to show. But I kind of kept thinking, like, based on the pictures that place doesn't look that big no it looks tiny and it looks like it looks really small and most of what he was showing us was just like tapping your wrist against things and i feel like if it's going to be that a bowser ride what other rides are there what's the point of going to this park outside of tapping your wrist against shit and eating mushroom food and i don't like mushrooms so like that's a problem <laughs> <laughs> I'm over there because i assume like when it comes to the states None of that food is going to be mushroom based. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I feel like a lot of people are really going to enjoy it. But I was kind of reminded while watching it that I'm too much of a curmudgeon to like enjoy going to it. But, I don't know. But I don't when know. we like, go to Galaxy's Edge, you're going to be like, oh, "There's a blaster there. There's a stormtrooper right there. I'm going to make a lightsaber." So, <laughs> so okay. So I'm glad you brought that up. So like, I I found a video online of like looking at the like making a lightsaber process. I know you don't want to know what it is. Nope, because I want to be, be magical and surprise, and you love spoiling things for yourself. <laughs> I just saw a video from like, oh, what does it look like? And I'm like, oh my god, that's so tacky. The whole time I just think in my head, this is so stupid. This is so stupid. This is so stupid. So like. <laughs> Uh, I think I'm too much of a curmudgeon. I don't know. I'm like too much of a curmudgeon, I think. Or like, but you're going to get there and you're going to be in the moment and you're going to cry and it's going to be amazing. Possibly. If they did a Zelda uh, world, like a Legend of Zelda, like Hyrule Castle, like I might do that. But I, I don't know. I don't know. Again, I'm a curmudgeon. That's all I can say is I'm a curmudgeon because I know most like people are going to really enjoy going to that and having a good time. And the whole time I'm thinking like, I'd rather just be playing the games. <laughs> I don't... I don't want to slap my wrist against something that a bunch of like snot-nosed kids like slap their wrist against and get boogers on my hand. Like, well, you I'm will good. get a visit from the ghost of Mario Past, the ghost of Mario Present, and the ghost of Mario Future. And one day you're going to change your mind. It's going to be great. <laughs> AKA, one day I'm going to get a chloroform rag to my face from Chad, and then I'm going to be wake up, and I'll be in the new Super Nintendo world. Yep. And then I'm going to beat your ass at Mario Kart. The one time I'll be able to beat your ass at Mario Kart is going to be in real life. To be, to be positive, though, for a second, that part does look really cool. They didn't show that much of it, but they kind of showed you the glasses and what that looks like. It looks like the the viewfinder is big enough that it's not like the HoloLens where you have this yeah. like narrow, like little rectangle. Like it looks like it, that's going to be a real full fledged experience. That does sound really sick. Yep, that alone might be worth it. Hundred percent. Yeah. Let's talk through All some right, fetch quests. Hold on before now. we wrap up for the day. Starting with Control, we've alluded to this one. Control Ultimate Edition for PS5 and Xbox Series X launches on February 2nd, says Chris Moyes at Destructoid. This was recently delayed. We now have a date for it. Um, and this is the one that includes all of the content, plus ray tracing, plus stability. Um, but again, if you bought all of that shit, you have to buy it again for 40 bucks. 
Next, we have the control Lame. writer, the writer for the game, now attached to upcoming Fable project, says Dennis Patrick at Game Ranks. That's pretty great because control, part of the the allure and magic of that game is is just the amazing writing and lore and reading all the notes, all of the collectibles that you can read. It's great. Again, if you're one of those idiots out there that hasn't fucking played Control, but you're like, you know, I'm kind of curious, should I be playing Control? Yes, play it. Use this as your excuse to stop playing that broken-ass CD Projekt Red game and play Control instead because it's a little tiny bit broken. Maybe still. That's very directed. Oh, it's been fixed. It's been patched up. But that was very much directed at me because that's you very much and me. and everyone else <laughs> in the world. <laughs> Sackboy, a big adventure, received a multiplayer update today. This was like three days ago. Says Grand Huff at Dual Shockers. Very excited about that because I've been holding off on playing it because I want to play it with you and the boys. Although it looks like it's just you and I that have it. So <laughs> I'm going to play it with you oh, no. online. I'm excited for that because it's great. I love Me that too. game so far. Me too. You know what? Darby and Jeff have it because they said they were going to do a co-op playthrough. So maybe we'll play with them. Boom. Let's do that. Absolutely, 100%. The Game Awards 2020 shatters new record with impressive viewership, says Liana Ruppert. I'm going to stick with Ruppert this time. Game Informer. Uh, she has <laughs> 83 million live streams, um, and like six of those were us. So, yeah. Pretty dope. Bravely, was, how many people like, do you think what, were there to see Gwyneth Paltrow? Wait, was she there? Who was there? <laughs> it didn't matter. <laughs> I don't know. Gal Gadot, was it her? Gal Gadot, yeah, she was one of the ones that were like, why are you here? Bravely Default 2, which is, again, different than the game called Bravely Second, which is the sequel to Bravely Default. The final demo is now available for download, says CJ Andreessen at Destructoid. So, cool. If you want to play that, dope. Go download the Dem Dem. A wonderful revelation that came from the Game Awards is that Vin Diesel is now an ARC 2 developer, <laughs> says Jordan Alleman at IGN. Not only does he star in the game, and we learned that he's played hundreds of hours of ARC online as well, he is now a developer. He has the official title, President of Creative Convergence. It's a badass name. Yeah. That guy not only really writes the Fast and the Furious series, but he also produces it. He stars in it. He has a kick-ass music career. He is now a game developer. What can't he do? He's going to go fucking paint a cathedral ceiling with his feet like Michelangelo. He's going to EGOT next. That's his next move. He's going to get an he EGOT. Is. He's going to EGOT. And then he's going to win. He's going to somehow retroactively win a game award for Crossroads in some capacity. <laughs> Two more stories. EA has outbid. The award for best Vin Diesel in Crossroads video game is that wasn't Vin even Diesel, the everyone. best Vin Diesel in a Crossroads video game. <laughs> <laughs> EA has outbid Take Two for Codemasters, says Alex Calvin at PC Games Insider. Codemasters, who does a ton of racing games, um, and is basically the only indie studio left that makes racing game. Not indie, but like not part of a large conglomerate like Take Two or EA. Uh, a few weeks ago, we had re not reported, we talked about the fact that it was basically a done deal, that Take-Two was going to acquire them, but now it looks like EA has outbid them uh, with $1.2 billion to acquire them. Yeah, this is like the auction house, like the, all right, going to Take-Two, going once, going twice, going three times, and the hammer's about to go down, and he is like, ah, nope, $300 million more million than that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Just at the last second. And then finally, this one's an interesting one. 
Walmart reveals they stopped over 20 million next-gen bot purchases, says Dennis Patrick at GameRanks. We've been talking about how much scalpers fucking suck and that they should all go play Control instead. And what I thought was really interesting is that Walmart not only stopped these bots from purchasing consoles, but they also put out a call to a bunch of other retailers asking for their help in crafting legislation to somehow thwart mm -hmm. bots and things like that because they're like, we want these to get in the hands of our customers, which is one of the very first, like, thing. I'm sure there's some kind of ulterior motive for Walmart behind it, but I'm like, look at you, Walmart. Besides being a shitty company with yeah. shitty practices and leaking everything <laughs> from E3 2019, like... <laughs> oh, yeah. I totally forgot about <laughs> literally everything. You're actually looking at at, at forming a coalition with a bunch of retailers and, and doing some good. It's also nice, too, because... One thing that kind of annoyed me and kind of got to me a little bit was during the kind of PS5 launch and even Series X as well, the whole like, I wish retailers would do something about bots. And I'm like, I'm sure they are. I yeah. doubt they're doing nothing at all about bots. And it's good to see. It also tells me that their practices gen generally work. Like, I think the estimation was that there were about 22,000 um, scalped uh, PS5 sold every week since launch or something like that, which is a lot, don't get me wrong. But when you compare that to 20 million who were stopped, they're, that's a really high success rate. Like yeah. They're clearly doing a, a good job. It's never going to be possible for them to stop all of them because it's like security. You can only make... There's no such thing as an impenetrable computer. Like There's always a way around it. That's why you constantly have security patches so that the holes are being plugged in, then hackers find new holes, so then you have to patch those holes, and that's what it's like with bots. So they're doing a really good job. If Out of the 20 million, just that Walmart stopped, I'm sure that Best Buy and Target and all those other companies had tens of millions of people going after them as well. They got like 99.9% .9 of them. So that's good. That's good. That's it for our quest log, Holden, and you know what that means. It's time for Game on Game Show, the game on our gaming show. We play a game called Game on, the gaming show on our game show. Game, 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 game. Holden. Game, game, game. We've got a great game today. It's a nice, kind of easy, laid back one. There's no failing it. It's it's something we've never played before, though. Here we go. It's called Sprinkle Me with Snow. Ho, ho, ho. Oh, okay. I thought we were going to do Hello, It's Me, Margaret, or whatever it's called. This one is just us taking existing games. And mm -hmm. wondering what a winter-themed holiday event might look like in them. Because that's a very popular <laughs> so like Miles thing. Miles Morales? Uh, uh, maybe. That could count. Sure. Uh, Christmas is the winter holiday event in that. But we're taking ones that don't have them and introducing something to them. Um, it's a very popular thing to do with MMOs or things like Animal Crossing or ongoing games is to have holiday, like Halloween-themed things, Christmas-themed things. But I picked four games that I'm pretty sure don't already have something going on. Mm -hmm. And I want us to think about, in this world, what winter holiday exists and what are the, what are the traditions with them? Because if you think about uh, like taking Destiny, for instance, it's not Christmas in Destiny, but it's a winter holiday where people bake cookies for each other and they spread cheer. So it's, it's kind of along that, but it's like it's oh, its own okay. I see, I see yeah. thing. And just like Animal Crossing has Turkey Day. But it's not Thanksgiving. So what does it look like yeah. in this world? And, and what do people day. do? No Christmas. It's Toy Day. Right. So I'm going to start with a game that certainly has the seasons appropriate for it. And it's Forza Horizons. 
What does a winter holiday look like in Forza Horizons, and what do you do during that holiday in the game? Well, first of all, reindeer races, where your car doesn't have an engine inside of it, but instead reindeer are pulling your car while you race against other reindeer-pulled cars. I like where your you're Your car headed. is the sleigh. I like where you're headed. Okay, okay, so you have reindeer-powered cars and races in a perpetually winter season because it is yes, sprinkling with snow ho 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 okay <laughs> <laughs> but this is that i also feel like you could do something cool and this would be too christmasy but we'll take the toy day approach it's just for a toy day okay, okay. where you're driving to drop off presents to oh children. okay okay so you're you're maybe having to beat the clock or your previous one or something yeah. like that or this kid will blow up if he doesn't get a barbie doll Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. This kid will blow up. This kid will burn me down. Like you're driving up to the house, you see it explode. You're like, no, I missed it. That poor oh, child. More Barbies for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really like that. I like the reindeer races. I like the the kind of timed get this kid a toy. That's that's nice. That's nice. Very good, Holden. You're catching on to this quick. Thank you. Number two. As far as I can remember, I am not familiar with any Super Mario winter holidays in any of their games. There might have been something in like a comic book or a cartoon or something like that, but I, I cannot recall a Super Mario winter holiday. What does that look like in the Mushroom Kingdom? <laughs> well, it could be that you have to determine whether or not the penguin was murdered or or not. <laughs> <laughs> call back for um, what did we call guy, that game segment? court? Game court. Yeah. Game court. Um, dun, oh, dun. What would that one be? I feel like there's an opportunity. First of all, red and green Koopa shells. There's an opportunity oh, yeah. there somewhere. Maybe they're hung like ornaments or something like that. Those four poor fucking Koopas though. I know I just did this with reindeer, but what if you had, because like the Koopa's shells can like roll on their own. You have them all lined up like the reindeer or like snow dogs or something like that, and you're like racing on that. That'd be kind of cool. And like they're pulling you along. But let's not do that because we just did that with Forza. Um, what if there's a twist though? What if there's a challenges. twist? You start with eight red or green turtle shells, mm -hmm. and you have a choice to make. The more turtle shells you have, the faster you go. But you could also yeah. choose to shoot one of those turtle shells at somebody to knock them out. Ooh, but it makes you yeah. a little bit slower. I like that. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's almost like if Santa chooses to shoot good. one of his reindeer to eat it, <laughs> but it makes him a little <laughs> slower. <laughs> but he's not hungry anymore. <laughs> Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer flew <laughs> the fuck forward and like hit a house. <laughs> um, that's good. Oh, Dallas says he misses like game court. I feel like there would have to be. I don't see any chat. Yeah, Dallas says I fucking oh, miss game court. Well, you should miss game court because you were convicted. <laughs> you are now in prison <laughs> for murdering Alex Kazina. <laughs> um, what else could you do with Mario? So I feel like. Or, like, a really simple thing you could do is rather than getting, like, stars or moons or something like that at a level, you're getting presents. Okay, um, yeah. That could be yeah. one. Um, or, or you start a level with a star, and you have to put that star on the top of a tree. Ah, uh, okay. 
Okay. That could be it. I like where you're going with it. I feel like there's an opportunity, too, with, like, toads being elves, like, making toys and shit. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Absolutely. Who would play... Who would play Santa in that world? I vote for Wario because it would be so... <laughs> he would be the worst Santa ever. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. Oh, also the reindeer, rather than having the shells, they could be Yoshis. Duh. Because they're in Super Mario RPG, there was the Yoshi races. Mm-hmm. Yep. You had to feed them cookies to make them go faster. <laughs> that fits in as well, because Santa eats cookies. Boom. Very good, very good. Okay, okay. Yeah. Next up, this one, I did not intend for you to go this route already with Forza Horizons, but what about Crazy Taxi? What is a holiday winter crazy event? Crazy Taxi but before. Crazy Taxi. But let's go a totally different direction with that one. Why do you call it a taxi? Because you need to get home, right? Mm-hmm. On the holidays, a lot of people take taxis because they got drunk at a bar, and now you have to drive them home. And the directions are changing all the time while you're driving because the drug person doesn't know where they live. <laughs> okay, so it's a Twitch-based that would be... Twitch-based time trial for getting the drunk person home yeah. as they're giving you wrong directions. Okay. Exactly, yeah. That's great. That's great. Obviously, there's going to be snow on the ground. Maybe some icy mm-hmm. patches. Icy okay. Mm-hmm. Makes it difficult yep. to drive. Absolutely. I've never played Crazy Taxi before. I don't really know much about it. It's I've more experience with um, Simpsons Hit and Run is what I have more experience Simpsons with, which is basically similar. Crazy Taxi. Someone you pick yeah. someone up on the side of the street and say, "I need to get to blah 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 before my baby gives birth." And like, okay, why is your baby pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> so you just have to drive them and beat them and get it in a certain amount of time, and that's basically Crazy Taxi. Um. Dope. That, that works. That's great. Last one, Dead Space. How do we sprinkle Dead Space with snow? Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> how how do you do that? Oh, I, actually, here's how you do it. It's called Project Callisto. Oh, Callisto. yeah, yeah. So it's snowy. Did you watch the Red Band trailer for that? Yeah, it was, oh, it was, it was gory. The tentacles <laughs> going into his eye, and then his eye just like push, and then, oh, my God. Yeah, why that did they show it in the so Game good. Awards? I can't imagine why they didn't show that at the Game <laughs> Awards. <laughs> I'm very excited for that one. That's going to be good. That's also their holiday, that's their holiday special because it's snowing. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's, a, that's what winter dead space looks like. I feel like Isaac, he's on the Ishimura by himself. He's got the holograms of people, though. Maybe he just throws himself a little party and he just like... <laughs> He's interacting with these holograms. Like, they're, they're clearly, like, Princess Leia-type holograms. They were recorded, and they're just playing on repeat. And he's like, you have to make up stories, and you have to go from one person to the next, spread gossip. Uh, like, it's a little holiday party that he's made up in his own brain because he's going fucking crazy. I like that. I also just came up with an idea, but I want to pose this a different game altogether. Why doesn't anybody, why has no one seen Santa, right? Because there's a Hitman Santa crossover where you have to sneak into everyone's house and put the presents under the tree. And if you get caught, you have to like put them in a stranglehold and hide them in the closet. (laughs) And part of this involves like, in order to get to the tree safely, you just have to shoot dad in the head proactively. Like, there's no way I'm going to be able to get by him. Let me just shoot him in the skull and drag him into the bathroom. (laughs) 
That's because I, I jumped to that because I was thinking like, oh, Isaac will deliver presents and he'll be Santa, but he has like his like switchblade thingamabobber and he'll just like, if you know, the kid like walks in, he'll just like splice their hands off or something like that and be like, go back to bed. <laughs> but I'm like, that's too much. That's too much. But that's Hitman, great. I like that Hitman idea yeah. though. Yeah. The, it's the same kind of idea, but rather than going in to kill somebody, you're going in to place a present undetected dressed as Santa. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Because I don't want to hurt kids. That's not cool. Right, exactly. Unless the kid was asking for it. (laughs) (laughs) That's it for Game on Game Show, and that's it for episode 191 of Respawn Aim Fire. Everyone, you have a couple of things to do. Number one being go watch our Demon Souls spoiler chat barf episode. You asked for it, so we recorded it for you. Uh, Of course, if you're curious about spoilers, or if you're not curious about spoilers and you don't want to be spoiled, don't do it, because we talk a lot about it, but... Uh, we're going to be doing Godfall in the next couple of weeks as well. In early January, we'll have that up. You can go to patreon.com slash respawn aim fire to support us, influence what we play. We're going to have a poll. Ooh, we should probably make our next episode, our 2020 predictions episode. So we can get a poll up for January's barf. Um, Mm -hmm. great. So yeah, you can influence what we play. Uh, you can get dope wallpapers. You can do whatever you want as long as you support us, and then you can go fuck off and masturbate in the bathroom. Uh, do Literally do whatever you want as long as you pay us the dollar. That's it. Um, and then finally, game night on Thursday nights. It will be Christmas Eve this week, so I'm going to assume we're not doing a game night. But it, depending on, you know, it's COVID Christmas Eve, so we might not be doing anything at all in our homes. Um, keep an eye on Twitter <laughs> if we decide to jump on and play in an unofficial capacity. We'll let you know. Until next time, everyone, here's our usual sign-off. Acid spit, chicken in a bit.